I want to pick up a little bit on the same subject a little bit today. I spoke a little bit about how Paul was stirred in the when he went into the city of Athens, but stirring how it was a righteous anger. We need a Holy Ghost anger. But when you're stirred, it's going to cause more than just anger. It's going to cause you to take a course with it. It's going to cause you to take action. I want to pick up on a subject, continue a little bit on that tonight. In the book of Genesis 18, beginning in verse 16. Genesis 18, beginning in verse 16. I'm telling you, this ain't no play. This ain't no time to be playing around. If you don't, uh, this ain't no time to be just toying around and laxing on God. If there's ever been perilous times I've ever seen, we're living in them right now. It's scary. It ought to, it ought to make you shake some of the things you hear coming out of some of these politicians' mouths. It ought to make you shake the things that's going on in our society. These weather patterns and all these things that are happening. Let me tell you, it ain't like it was 20 years ago. I'm on my 19, yeah, this is 19 years, just past 19 years, working 20 years of preaching. Let me tell you, in 19 years, I've seen the condition of the land deteriorate quickly seeping into sin deeper and deeper. Things I didn't think would happen. Let's go back 20 years ago, father back 25, 30 years ago, or playing out right, but I, you never thought you'd see it. Things I never thought I'd see are happening. I want you to know America is racing and the world is racing towards a climax. It is racing for a battle that is getting ready to take place between good and evil. And I believe Jesus is coming for that church. But this world tonight is heading for destruction. This world is heading for judgment. We're going to look at a two vile cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. How God would wipe them off. Not even a trace of them left. You can't even tell where they sat at when God rained a fire and brimstone down upon them. But yet, Abraham, when God, become, we'll get there, but Abraham become aware. God told Abraham what was going to happen, and Abraham stood in for Lot because he got concerned. He was stirred to action, if you will. Genesis 18, beginning in verse 16, right here. And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them home the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nation of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children in his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is grievous, I will go down now and see 
whether they have done all together according to the cry of it which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous with the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place for fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak upon the Lord with him but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Will thou destroy all the city for a lack of five? And he said, If I find the forty of five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him again and said, Peradventure there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not, destroy, not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, O oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak peradventure there shall be thirty. Be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure, there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure, there shall but this once peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way. As soon as he had left communion with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. I want to go back into verse 22 right there. And the men turned their faces from tents and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. I want you to, I'm going to add to speak a message tonight. Will you stand for those that are in Sodom? Will you stand for those that are in Sodom tonight? What I'm talking about tonight, as I told you this morning, I believe the land, the world that we're living in today is characterized a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah. I believe it is in far worse shape than Sodom and Gomorrah ever was. And I'm going to show you why tonight. Heavenly Father, we come before you, dear Lord, tonight, God, and we lift you up, dear Lord. Lord, we ask for your anointing and we ask for your spirit, O oh God to be in this house and upon this speaker, dear God, tonight, God, as I minister your holy word. Oh, God, tonight I need your anointing to proclaim your word, to speak your word. Lord, I ask for the anointing to be on the ears of the congregation, that they'll be stirred to stand in for those that are on their way towards judgment. Oh, God, tonight I ask, Lord, for you to just move mightily, God, among your people. 
Let the church wake up in the hour that we are in. Let the body of believers realize that this ain't no joke, this ain't no playground, but this is a reality, oh God. Lord, we give you glory, God, and we give you praise and we give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The United States Army used to have a slogan that said, I don't know if they still use it, maybe they do, that said, Uncle Sam wants you. Anybody ever see that slogan? Uncle Sam wants you. I want you to know tonight there's someone that's not, that is looking for you, and it is not your uncle. I believe the Father is looking for the body of Christ tonight. I believe that God the Father is looking for someone in a body of believers to stand in the gap for this modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah that we are seeing right before our very eyes. The words of Ezekiel right here come through Ezekiel. God spoke in Ezekiel 22 and 30 says that I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Think about that statement. God looked but could not find one. He was looking but could not find one tonight. I ask you tonight, can God find one in this body tonight? Can God find one that will stand in the gap for those that are outside in this Sodom and Gomorrah, that are living in this sin-filth world, that are entrapped in it and bound up in the garbage we're seeing right now. Will you be the one that God will find who will stand up and make up the hedge and stand in the gap for those that are entrapped in this dark and evil environment that we are the end? Well, when I look at the text right here, Ezekiel, God did not find one. But Ezekiel, but here in Genesis, there was a man that God had found by the name of Abraham who would make up the hedge and who would stand in the gap for Sodom and for his nephew. Because let me tell you, the Bible tells us back in verse 20 of Genesis 18, the Lord said right there, the cry of Sodom is great and Gomorrah is great because their sin is very grievous. That word grievous carries the idea of being severe. It means it was very burdensome, if you will. Their sin was great. And Ezekiel, when I look at Ezekiel, and Jude also tells us a little bit about Sodom and Gomorrah. In Ezekiel 16, God, the sins says of Sodom, they were full of pride. They had lewdness about them and abominations, fullness of bread ruled the day. There was an abundance 
of idleness. They failed to help the poor and needy. They were haughty and committed abominations. Jude says they give themselves over to strange flesh. The immorality, perversion ruled that city. What was going on in that city was a sneak in the nostrils of God. It was very grievous to the very to God, to the holiness of God. What was happening there? We just can't imagine, but if you look at our world today, how grievous some of the things are going on. The things that are happening, no doubt. This world ain't in much better shape than Sodom and Gomorrah was. This nation tonight it is not in much better shape than what Sodom and Gomorrah was. You turn on any TV here in the last month and you turn on your computer or anything or the internet, all you see was flaming homosexuals walking down through the towns flaunting their lifestyle. What you see tonight is an abomination in the sight of God where they're trying to do away with the standards of God, the sin of the nation. As I told you this morning, our streets are full of blood and our cities are full of perverseness. My Lord, tonight we are a people, a nation tonight, a world that puts its fingers in the eyes of God. They were poking their fingers in the eyes of God. Sodom and Gomorrah was with the, all the sin that was going on into this seedy cities. Full of it. From the outside, if you go back, it looked green from the outside when Lot chose to go towards Sodom. But on the inside, it was death. It was decaying. It was stinking because the city was full of abomination and the cities were racing towards the judgment of Almighty God and did little did those in the city realize how quick the judgment of God was getting ready to come. And I begin to think about how there's not much difference in today's generation than there was in the generation of Sodom and Gomorrah. I begin to think about how many tonight don't realize how quick that Jesus is coming. How many don't realize how close to hell they are tonight. How many don't realize how close we are to the judgment of God, to the day of God, to the day of the Lord that are showing up from coming to pass. My Lord, tonight I want you to know just like Sodom and Gomorrah, I ain't going to be a shouting message, but just like Sodom and Gomorrah, we are a world, we're a nation that is racing towards the judgment of God, probably quicker than Sodom and Gomorrah was. I want you to think about it tonight. Too much is given, much more is required. And think about this. If God would wipe Sodom and Gomorrah out, just think about this land today. You see, in Sodom and Gomorrah, there was no Bibles. 
But in our land today, there is millions of Bibles, multitudes of Bibles that are sitting around. You can find a Bible in a hotel. You can find a Bible in a hospital. You can find a Bible about anywhere. They did not have that luxury in Sodom. But today, there's millions of Bibles that are being printed. Multitudes of Bible that is out there. No doubt this land today is without excuse. In Sodom, there was no Christian churches. But yet, in this land today, there's a Bible-believing church just about in every town and on every corner. In Sodom, they had no preachers. But today, there's countless numbers of preachers in this generation. There's still some people that have not sold out to being a false prophets. There's still some preachers that are still preaching the true word of God. There's still some prophets that are declaring, thus said the Lord today, in this land that we are in today. You can find preachers just about anywhere. Some are real, some are fake, and some you just don't know about. <laughs> Am I right on that? But yet Sodom had no luxury to hear a preacher stand on a corner and declare the word of God. Sodom had no Bible schools, but our land of America, we've got Bible colleges and Bible schools. Sodom had no gospel broadcast coming to it. But America today, the gospel could be found on the TV. It can be found on the radio. It can be found on YouTube. It can be found throughout the world. How many know that today? Sodom had no luxury to turn on the computer or their phone to hear the gospel. But yet America has that opportunity. Just on Spreaker getting into statistics just a little while ago, they hear me when I put these CDs on in every part of the world imaginable. I get listeners from Israel, Bangladesh, Pakistan, India, Saudi Arabia, China. The list can go on and on. Even in those places, they can turn on their phone or computer and hear a gospel message being proclaimed. But Sodom could not say that. Sodom could not say they were giving. They had the opportunities that we have here in 2019. Sodom could not say that they had access to those Bibles or access to a Pentecostal church or access to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ or to a Bible school. And yet, our land today is flooded with these things. Our land today is flooded with preachers. 
And I ask you, what excuse does America have tonight? What excuse does this land have tonight? My Lord, they're without excuse because the gospel is being published. Without excuse because there's a church on every corner. They're out excuse because there's preachers around. My Lord, I begin to think about what Raven, Leonard, Raven, Raven Hill, Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, what obligation does God have to a people who struggle to spend an hour in church but will drive for hours and go and spend hours at a ballpark? He goes on and says, what obligation does God have to a people that spend more on dog food than they do to the work of God? What obligation does God have to a people that neglect Him? And I ask you tonight, what obligation does God have to a people who support and take enjoyment in things that are contrary to His Word? I want you to know tonight, God don't owe us one thing. Did you hear me? I owe God everything. You owe God everything. But He owes us not one thing tonight. If He never heals me, He's not obligated to. If He never moves for me, He's not obligated to. If He does nothing else for me, He's not obligated to. But thank God He saved my soul. Amen? Amen? I want you to think about this land tonight. And I want you to think about where we stand tonight. We're on the brink of eternity. And people don't even realize it. They're eating and drinking and being merry. And don't even realize how close we are to the day of the Lord. Many that are sitting in this Sodom tonight will go find themselves in hell in the morning. And did not even realize it. Do you know the funeral homes will pick up people tomorrow that had plans for tomorrow? They'll pick up people tonight that had plans for tomorrow. There'll be people that will die and perish and go into the flames of hell and didn't even realize it three seconds ago. My Lord, that is something to think about. Think about it again, what Jesus said in Luke 12 and 48. He said, for unto you, for unto whomsoever much is given, much more is required, and whom men have committed, much of him they will ask the more. Let me tell you tonight, America. Let me tell you, Houston Town, Pennsylvania. My Lord God has blessed this land with the gospel. My Lord, we've been given much. My Lord, we've been given opportunity to hear the gospel at 10 church meetings, hear preachers go to Bible schools and hear turn on TVs radios, internet broadcast and hear the gospel much more than Sodom have. So I ask you tonight, what will happen if much more is required at our hands than it was in the hand days of Sodom and Gomorrah? This better resonate with everybody in here tonight because I'm speaking prophetically tonight 
This land, this world is racing towards an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The wickedness of this land is racing to an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and they, be they better not be looking forward to it because it's not going to be a pretty picture just like Sodom and Gomorrah was racing to that judgment just like Sodom and Gomorrah was heading towards the judgment of God I cannot help but to believe that the day of God the day of the Lord is near I can't help but to believe that the catching away of the saints is soon on the horizon and God's going to deal with the wickedness that we are seeing. I can't help to believe that there are people that we are encountering that are on the very edge of hell in the next few moments and you don't even realize it. My Lord, I ask you, does that stir you tonight? Does that move you to say, I need to stay, do like Abraham and stand in the gap? You see, what I begin to see right here is what the body of Christ needs to hear tonight, get a hold of tonight. Just like Abraham, who heard what God was going to do, and he began to act upon the words of God. Let me tell you, God pretty much said, I'm going to destroy those wicked cities for their grievous sins. I'm going to bring judgment upon them. I'm going to wipe this place out. Oh, what did Abraham do? Did he go back to his house and say, let me take a nap? Did he sit around and play skip, skip, skip to my loo? Did he throw things out just saying, let me have a good old time? Did he say, let me wait till tomorrow? When Abraham heard what God was going to do, he did not wait. He began to take action and he began to stand before the Lord. You know what? crossed his mind when he heard what God was going to do he knew he had a nephew there he knew he had some family in that city that was in the crosshair of judgment and no doubt tonight that moved God that moved God that moved God to bring Lot out of there let me just tell you this before jumping ahead they were, Lot never had an altar in Sodom. The altar was always outside of Sodom. It wasn't Lot interceding. It was Abraham. It was interceding. You see, people inside of Sodom and Gomorrah, they're racing, toward, racing towards the judgment of God. How many tonight are concerned about those that are in this modern Sodom. How many tonight are concerned about those family members that ain't where they need to be? I want you to think about what Jesus said. Right here. In John 3 and 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son 
In John 3 and 36, he that believeth on the Son had everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. My Lord, what it tells me is the judgment of God abides on those that are in the world. You don't want to hear it, but it's a fact. God ain't blessing somebody his wrath's on. Amen? Anybody know that? God ain't blessing a mess tonight. Let me tell you, you need to get a concern about those that don't know Jesus tonight. The church needs a fresh vision of eternal flames of hell again. The church needs to get like Abraham and get concerned about their family members that are inside of these wicked cities in this world that are lost and undone and Jesus don't know Jesus Christ because Jesus said they were condemned and Jesus said the wrath of God abideth on them. My Lord... I know you ain't going to shout me out, but I'm telling you, people ain't stirred enough. And the reason you ain't stirred is because you ain't concerned. Amen? Did you hear me? The reason you're just saying, I let them do what they want to, I ain't going to worry about them, is because you ain't concerned about them. You ain't stirred to move. The reason people ain't standing in the gap like Abraham is because they're not concerned, they're not stirred about a lost soul. You better look yourself in the mirror and say, thank God somebody was concerned about you. Amen. How many can say somebody was concerned about me at one point? Amen. They may have made you mad. You may, they, you may have run when you seen them, but you know you, they was concerned. Oh, I remember when they got up coming after me. There were times I would run. I would hide. I would lock the door, go into another room. Sometimes they'd make me madder than a rattlesnake. Let me tell you, but now I look back on it, I realize they had my best interest at heart. My Lord... People ain't concerned what's happening right now. I'll tell you why you get concerned. Because you're comfortable in Sodom and Gomorrah. You're comfortable in this mess. You think it ain't nothing going to happen. Well, let me tell you, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah didn't realize it, probably didn't think nothing was going to happen, but it happened. They didn't believe Noah when he preached the flood was coming. They laughed and they ridiculed him. But guess what? The flood come and took them away. And Jesus told us it would be in the days of Noah like the days of Noah. And he told us it would be like the days of Lot. And it would come upon them unexpectedly and so shall it be as the day when the son of man cometh again my lord that ought to stir you knowing that any moment Jesus could come knowing that any moment those that in your household could die and slip into hell my God that wrath means indignation Anger, vengeance. Not only does it carry the idea of penalty of law, but it's the punitive wrath of God, the divine judgments to be inflicted upon the wicked. My Lord, think about it. Yet knowing the judgments are coming, knowing the wrath is abiding on the filth and those that are lost in this world, I ask you tonight, 
How concerned are you tonight? How stirred up are you tonight? How worried are you tonight? Again, I go back to this morning's message. If you was not here, I talked about Paul being stirred when he saw what went on in Athens. That stirring made him, he was so stirred up, he got to the altar of the unknown God and began to preach the real God. He began to preach Jesus because it made him angry of what he was seeing. My Lord, how many know, you want me to tell you how you put the devil's work out of business? Anybody want to know how to put the devil's work out of business? One soul at a time. Did you hear me? One individual, one at a time, you'll put his work out of business. My Lord, but people ain't concerned tonight. They ain't concerned, they ain't stirred to stand in the gap. In fact, some people just encourage it. Just do whatever you want to do. But I tell you tonight, I tell you with a heart, heavy heart that Abraham was stirred to stand enough. He was concerned enough to get a hold of God and stand in for Sodom and Gomorrah, to stand in for his nephew Lot. You see, Abraham built that altar and he began to plead before God. He began to cry out to God and began to talk to God and intercede, if you will. You see, that altar never was inside of the wicked city, but that altar was always on the outside. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, you can't wait. There won't be an altar inside of the filth and the morality of this what's going on. It must come from the people of God tonight. The altar must come from the people that know God tonight. You and I must have the altar before God. My Lord, the scripture never recorded Lot having an altar. You know he had to get comfortable there. Because if I seen some of that mess going on around me, you'd think it'd have been, if it was where he needed to be, he'd have been up preaching. Or he'd have been getting away from it. But he was comfortable there. My Lord, what would have happened if Abraham wouldn't have built an altar? Have you ever thought about that? What would have happened if Abraham wouldn't have built an altar? I want you to give us something. What's going to happen if you don't build an altar? Because your prayer may be the only thing between somebody you know and hell tonight. Did you hear me? Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, we're talking about filling churches up. Let's get concerned about filling the kingdom of God up. We do that on our knees. Amen. We do that crying and interceding before God. I remember a time when Mama and them told the, they, the ladies down there at the Iron Station Church of God, they had a nickname. I've told you this before. They were the Bulldogs. I'm going to add the pit bulls to you. Because they had some jaws. 
Not only did they tell you they was going to latch a hold of you, they meant it. And when they latched a hold of you, they weren't going to get loose until you got right. <laughs> My Lord, where are the intercessors like that tonight? Where are the ones crying out to God for their family, for their friends, and for their enemies? Where are the ones crying out to God on those that are bound in the world? When's the last time the church has prayed for the neighborhood? Woo. Ask it. When's the last time I prayed for my county? When's the last time I prayed for my neighbors? When's the last time I prayed for my children? My brothers, my sisters, those that are lost. My Lord, if you're not concerned tonight, you need to get concerned. Amen? If you're not stirred tonight, you need to get stirred. If you're not stirred tonight, I'm going to tell you, and you're not concerned, you're backslidden. Did I say that? Yeah, I said that. Because you can't be where you need to be with God and not be concerned with those around you on their way to hell. Amen? How many believe that tonight? If you're not concerned what's going on, those that are lost and undone, you're backslidden. Did you hear me? You don't worry about them. You need to get an altar. If you're not stirred, you need to get stirred tonight. My Lord, Abraham didn't beat around the bush. He stood before God. He stood before God. God, if you have 45, 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, God said, I'll spare the city. If I can find that many righteous people there. God said, I'll spare it for 10. You find, if I find 10 righteous people there, I will spare that city. That shows you. What none there. But Abraham pleading. God would honor Abraham. Yes, he would destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But he would honor Abraham. You know what it shows? The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, I don't want everybody praying for me. Anybody else with me? If you're lukewarm and you're, you're cold and different, don't pray for me. Because it ain't a bit of good to begin with. I want a prayer of a righteous man praying for me. I want a hold of somebody that knows how to get a hold of God praying for me. I want a hold of somebody that knows who's got to walk with God praying for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? My Lord, let me tell you, Abraham, you had to get a hold of God. Because Abraham, you know, he, he was counted his faith. He, he's a man of faith, Abraham was. Everywhere Abraham went, he built an altar. I'm just talking to you with my heart tonight. Because I'm telling you, the reason the church world ain't growing, the reason the body of Christ in many cases ain't growing, is because the church is not concerned. They're not stirred to action 
My Lord, I don't know what it's going to take to get you stirred. What would happen tonight? God forbid this happened. But I know it to happen before. God, what would happen tonight if you'd get a phone call saying so-and-so died and perished and you know they missed out with God? What would happen if your son or daughter those that didn't know God you hadn't been praying for them? What would happen you get that phone call tonight or that neighbor or that friend. Think about it. Think about it. I remember, I'm not going to mention no names. You remember this happening in Robbinsville. There was one night I called a young man out. Called his mama out. Little did we know what was going on. But I stopped the service, I believe it was, to call her up to the front and said, we got to pray. We got to pray. Little did I know this young man was high on cocaine playing with a gun. Gonna kill himself. God prevented it that night. All because the Holy Ghost instructed me. Stop the service. Call his mother to the front. And lay hands on her and pray for this young man right now. You remember that happening. There's another case where a young man, his brother down there, come up to the front prayed for his brother his brother was drinking and driving see our mountains down here are a little different than your mountains up here Hearns like this in just a moment you don't just go down a little bit you'll go down the side of the hill quick let me tell you his brother that night was drink, driving drunk and just a little and he went off the side of the road and just a small tree kept him up a little small tree that should have probably broken with that SUV kept him what was it? I don't say it was the tree. I say it was the prayer. Amen. My Lord, you see what I'm talking about. There's intercessory prayer can prevent some judgments coming on people. Oh, I know another incident. A young lady down in North Carolina we prayed for. They had a wreck on the side of a mountain come out unscathed. My Lord, I can tell you time and time again where God would wake me up during the middle of the night and still does at times to begin to pray for somebody not to know what kind of danger they're in. Do you see? Where are the intercessors? Where are the ones like Abraham? You know what I'm convinced most people would have done would have got that burden at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning? Oh, I'll do it in the morning. When God gives you that burden at 3 o'clock in the morning, it can't wait to 8 o'clock in the morning. It's got, it can't wait to 3.30 it can't wait to 10 minutes it's got to be then and it's got to be there no matter what you got to drop or get up and do it because God knows what's going on and your prayer will be what I intervened I remember praying for somebody woke up early and they told me they went back went to sleep on the road early in the morning God prevented judgment I reckon that day could have been killed my Lord, I can go time and time again. A stories like that, some I know of, and there's some I don't even know. God wake me up and don't even know what was going on, but I knew something was not right. When I felt that burden, that sense of urgency, I knew I had to pray until it was lifted. My Lord, do you see what I'm talking about? 
My Lord, where's the burden? Where land? Where's the burden? Because the cry of this nation tonight, because the cry is very grievous in the eyes of God. And I believe God's looking for some people that will stand in the gap. God's looking for some intercessors tonight. My Lord, I'm telling you, the Houston Town Church of God needs some more intercessors. Anybody agree with that tonight? We need some more prayer warriors. You can never have enough prayer warriors. Amen? We need some people with a burden. We need some people that's going to cry out to God. Oh, God! Who will stand there? My Lord, what we're seeing is not easy. It's not no fun times that we're living. I, if you can't recognize we're running towards the judgment of God, you're blinded. But we better be interceding the time that we have left. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but if you don't, I want to take as many with me as I can. Anybody else with me? Anybody else with me? I want to take as many with me as I can. I want to make sure, I want to keep as many people out of hell as I can keep out of hell. My Lord, it's not a game, church. We're not stirred like we need to be. We see what's going on, but it seems like we're so complacent. My Lord, Abraham was stirred enough to stand before God right then and there. Paul was stirred when he saw the idols to start preaching. Let me tell you about Jesus and the resurrection. My Lord, why ain't we stirred by the filth that we see? Why ain't we stirred by the immorality that is sweeping our land? Why ain't we stirred by the chains and the shackles that Satan's got on people? Why ain't we stirred by those things? I'll tell you why. We're used to it. We're comfortable in it. That's just the culture of our time. It's 2019, preacher. Times change. Well, the Word of God don't change. How many know that? And, and let me tell you, what's a shame is the culture is affecting the church instead of the church affecting the culture. My Lord, tonight we need some Abrahams. We need some prayer warrior. Sister Marcy, you can get ready to come. I'm just a little bit off script tonight, but I'm telling you, off my line, notes. But I can tell you tonight, God's looking for intercessors. <coughs> God's looking for those who stand in the gap. I'm going to do this strongly. This is the way I'm going to do this altar service. I feel I need to go this way. How many would say, Preacher, I got somebody in my household that is lost? That are bound up. You got somebody on your mind right now. Anybody in here got somebody on their mind right now? Stand and get to this altar. That ain't time to play around. But I'm telling you, God said, Cry out for them tonight. Cry out for him tonight. Cry out for him tonight. Cry out for him tonight. You're what's standing in the way between them and judgment. Cry out for him tonight. They're bound. There's no, they can't have an altar on their own. 
You're the one that's got to stand in the gap. Keep that burden with them. Keep that burden with them. My Lord, keep that burden on them. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.